The Andy J Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Andy J Podcast. What a show we have for you today. My goodness me. We have five celebrities joining the conversation carousel for you. And wow, some incredible names, including possibly the most famous person we've ever had on the show, Liam Neeson. Hollywood royalty, the Liam Neeson. You know, the actual Liam Neeson from Taken, the man with the particular set of skills. Yes, him. <laughs> now, I'm not going to pretend that it's the longest chat on the planet or some kind of super in-depth conversation with him because it's not. It's, you know, about five minutes or so of, of chatting to Liam and his son, uh, Michael Richardson, about their new movie, which is called uh, Made in Italy. It's a very nice, very nice little movie. It's just kind of a warm hug of a film that's out now on Amazon. But... I got invited to the press junket, and the thing is, when you go on these press junket things, basically you've got a tiny amount of time with one of the stars or a couple of the stars, and they, they the kind of tradition is you pretty much ask the same question that every other person going on the press junket asks, and you get a rote answer. Well, I didn't do that. I don't really do these press junkets, because that's I prefer in-detail conversations, and we've got a different kind of show. But nonetheless, opportunity to talk to Liam Neeson, of course I'm going to take it. It's Liam Neeson. So I kind of thinking about this and, and as we connect and we, it was all over Zoom so we could see each other and everything and I just thought to myself in my head I was like look I'm going to big up the movie because it's a lot of fun I've watched it and it's nice and like I say it's a warm hug but I had become a dad for the third time five days before the interview okay I wanted paternity leave hasn't really happened and I'm in the doghouse for that but nonetheless I just thought to myself I'm so excited about being a dad again I've got a lovely little baby boy I'm going to tell Liam Neeson. So he ended up giving me some lovely kind of words of wisdom and some fatherly advice and all that kind of stuff. All the sort of things you're not supposed to do on a press junket, we did. And do you know what? His, the stuff he said is so lovely and so interesting and so dynamic. It just made me think, what a cool guy. I really liked him. You know, you can't get to know someone particularly well in just a few minutes, but I certainly felt after our chat, Liam Neeson is awesome. That was my impression. So you'll hear him. I'm not going to make you wait till the end of this show to hear from him, by the way. We're going to make him the second guest today so that you don't have to wait for hours. If you've just come for Liam, he'll be on very shortly. Our first guest today is Donna Eyre, who I think is brilliant. I love Donna to bits. She's been around for over three decades in terms of our awareness of her. Okay, She was in Biker Grove age 10. She's now 41. And she's done so much in between, including hosting things like The Big Breakfast. And she's been acting and all sorts of stuff and she's acting again now which is great so donna i wanted her to be the first person on the show today just because she's a ray of sunshine she's one of us she's just great great fun really lovely company so we start off with a warm glow of a chat with donna then we'll have liam neeson and michael richardson and then we've got henry lloyd hughes what an actor he is he's in the irregulars that's just come out on netflix playing sherlock holmes which is no easy task by the way he's an amazing actor he's an actor that should be much much better known given what he's been in shows like the in-betweeners and killing eve and the harry potter movie and so many other amazing tv shows and films more about him later of course but he's one of the guys on the way and i really rate him very very highly and what a great chat we had he's great great company 
And then my last guest today, she was in Call of Duty. She's in uh, the new BBC One drama, The Syndicate. The lovely Taj Atwell. She's going to close out the show. She was amazing as well. So, yeah, it's just, like I say, it's just a really friendly, happy listen this week. So thank you very much for your company. If you're new to the AJ Pod, we've got a colossal back catalogue of over 100 celebrity conversations waiting for you. Some of them are just single guest episodes because we've had a lot of time to get to really kind of get under the fingernails of our guests. Other shows are a bit like this one where we've got sort of 20 minutes, half an hour moments and then some kind of shorter pieces like we've got with Liam Neeson where we put them all together and just let them into the conversation carousel. So let's jump straight in right now with Donna Rare. I have an actor, a presenter, a businesswoman, a philanthropist. I'll put my teeth back in and say that properly. It is the wonderful Donna Eyre. How are you doing, Donna? Hi there. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? You know, alive and kicking, need to relearn how to say philanthropist that I've just discovered. I think, yeah. Well, you know, we're all feeling stream. We're all hanging in there. (laughs) (laughs) It's a funny old time, though, isn't it, Donna? Because, you know, we've... We've all been just kind of stuck indoors. Whatever we're doing, most of the time has been indoors, right? Oh, my goodness. What a year it's been. Yeah, we've been stuck in the house. I mean, it's just been nuts, hasn't it? I can't wait to get out. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's been so much happening. Donna. Obviously, there's, you know, the, the whole nation, well, the whole world has been affected yeah. by COVID. And we've some people have had to learn how to do new things. The way the work is is primarily from yeah. home or from their bedrooms or whatever. Some people have been furloughed, etc. Yeah. But a large, large percentage of the population have found that their day-to-day life has been in the same place, whether they've been working or whether they've been unable to work. They've just been stuck in the same spot, haven't they? Absolutely. And I think that alone in itself can be quite exhausted. You know, energy creates energy and we're not all out and about getting inspired by the things we're normally inspired you know get inspired by so it's really important i think to take these little breaks really take care of ourselves during this time because um you know whilst we were juggling and spinning plates before i think it's all gone to a new level now so we're we're doing so much more than ever before and we're not taking the breaks that we normally would in in a normal professional environment well, what I love, Donna, is that you have started a campaign to bring back break time. And actually, you're representing all of us with this, because I was thinking to myself, do you know what? I, yeah, I do days and days and days where I don't stop. I don't. I, yeah. Sometimes I forget to have lunch. You know, you're just on it because you're working from home. You've got no excuse not to see the email, not to record the voice note, not to do whatever it might be. You're just constantly on the go. And I love that you are telling us, hang on, steady on, slow down. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, the importance of it. And also, I think the psychology behind it, you know, our generation, we sort of put ourselves bottom of the list, which is crazy. We really need to switch that around and put ourselves top of the list, No, not feeling guilty for taking time for ourselves. You know, it's not selfish. It's actually essential when you think about how many people are dependent on us. Mm. If we are not in the best, you know, mental and physical shape we can be in, then we're not going to be much use to anyone. So we have to take these breaks just to really look after ourselves. Yeah, and it's, do you know what? It's something that I'm I'm as guilty as the next person of doing it. I just haven't been taking them. And, and you've you've actually done a study, haven't you? You've teamed up with Diet Coke and the digital magazine Readly, right? And, and you've Yeah, done... Readly have done lots of research into this. Um, it's a magazine app where you can subscribe and get access to over 5,000 digital magazines through the app, which in itself is quite a nice thing to do anyway because we all get inspired by magazines. But um, they're the ones that have actually done a lot of research into this uh, and 
the importance of just taking that time back, you know, to have a cup of tea, read a magazine, mm. go for a socially distanced walk with a friend, whatever it is that makes you happy. I think it's really important to take those moments, you know, to just get that serotonin and those things that make that, you know, that happy chemical in our brain. And, you know, whether it's to me, I like having a slice of cake at five o'clock. Sometimes yes. I like to take a nap in the middle of the day, which, you know, it's okay to admit it. <laughs> uh, I think, you know, we've got to stop thinking we have to be and do everything. And actually, yeah, I think it's okay to go it's four o'clock, just lie on the bed for 20 minutes and then come back refreshed to get through the the rest of the day. I'm particularly here for the cake, Donna. I didn't have you pegged as a cake person. I must say, oh, I love you more for that. I do. I eat all the naughty food, actually. I'm not really a, a salad kind of girl. <laughs> Does that right? So, what's the trade off there? Because I've I've been eating all the cake, Donna, and the the bottom line is, you can now see it. I mean, I've had to buy a lot of much larger I clothes. I know. I have to say, right? I have been a skinny mini my whole life. Everybody knows that about me. It's no secret. I've always been able to, luckily, being able to eat what I like. But I have to say, it definitely slows down now. I don't know if it's lockdown or just an age thing. But for the first time in my life, I've gone up two sizes. <laughs> I mean, I'm quite happy about it. I'm um, embracing my new curves, um, which actually I think is a good thing because it helps you age better as well, apparently. A little of extra weight. Okay. I mean, I'll, I'll take that and make that my new mantra. <laughs> I don't know if it is just eating more because there's a lot of boredom eating yeah. in lockdown. Um, but I'm also working out more. So I'm probably eating more because of that you know because I sort of like do a run or a cycle and then I'll go for a very long walk you're getting in there you're making it work for you it's just some of us only really visit the fridge and that's that's the exercise and so I know I mean it's just like the new hobby isn't it just eating every time I walk past I'm having a packet of crisps or something naughty It's so good to hear some because my my image of you, Donna, is is one of you're just in a great physical shape. I don't. I'm not trying to be flirty or anything with you. I'm just saying you know what I mean. In, you know, I can't risk flirting with Donna Air. I'd be killed. But you know, you know what I mean. I'm just saying you're not you're not sort of someone that we consider to be anything but in great shape. So to hear that you're enjoying the cakes and the and the crisps as well is a I wonderful thing. I always have done though. You know, when you're raised in the northeast. You do sort of, you know, I, I wasn't raised on what the children are raised on today, which is, you know, turmeric shots and kale juice. Um, you know, I was raised on quite hearty, stodgy food. Um, so that's always, I sort of, I try and get all my good stuff in. But, you know, I, I like proper food. I don't really, yeah. This is so refreshing to hear, Donna. I, I don't I, like cold food. Everything, everything today is raw or cold in it. I don't like that. <laughs> Not me. Did you did you read the um, the Orlando Bloom a day in the life of that went out at the weekend? Did you did you have a chance? Oh to no! See tell me what's a day goodness. in the life of Ollie Bloom like? I'm going to have to send it to you because it, it reads like a like it's a joke. I mean, he talks about you know getting up at six a.m. and having eye time with his baby, and then he has a collagen eye shot. Time. Or, yeah, yeah. I mean, literally just stares in his baby's eyes or whatever, which is fine. You know, great. But the way you just kind of think this is this That's real? So Are you a real funny. person? It That's hilarious. I, Ollie Bloom used to just be a kid in the Met Bar in the 90s. We all used to <laughs> hang out together and have fun. But I mean, great. But I, I, you know what I have to say? I think it's, we all are allowed to change at any point in our lives. We all go on these different journeys. And 
you know, we probably all are doing some quite wacky stuff right now. Let's be fair. We're all, we all now know the benefits of meditating and all of that stuff. So I'm open to trying anything, to be honest. The only thing with meditating is I always just seem to fall asleep <laughs> within about five seconds Doesn't into sound like my mantra. That's, surely that's I, I mean, the I, result, right? That's what you want. But I have to say, at least I feel very refreshed after. Job done. Happy days. Exactly. Meditation so, equals nap time on the sofa. I'm there. But I am I am totally open to trying all this like wacky stuff. Um, I think you've just got to find what works for you. And yeah, I'm, anything goes in 2021, 2020. I'm going to send you what Orlando Bloom wrote. And you can tell me whether you think it's the the ramblings of a madman or, or someone. But quite, did he really write? It? it was quirky. It was out there. It, it's it just felt very LA. Do you know what I mean? That's, yeah, <laughs> I think that's the then nicest. whatever rocks you built, you know. Hey, live and let live and all that. Yes, yes, that's true. Donna, let's have a quick <laughs> chat about you, if that's all right, because we we were rejoicing that we got to see you acting again in the split on BBC One oh. last year, which was great fun. Thank you. Oh, my God, that was such a great show. It was so brilliant to be part of it. It was so incredibly well received as well. I think Abby Morgan, who wrote, who writes The Split, really resonates and writes, you know, she speaks to people on a really raw and true level. And I still get messages about my storyline in that show, actually. So, it was a really great job. And to be back on the BBC where I started my career all those years ago um, and working with such, you know, really great and well-cast actors, it was a joy. It was really good to see you back, Donna. But it, it has got me thinking. And our mutual friend cast me in that job, That's I right. believe. The epic We've Victor got Jenkins. Victor Jenkins, who is a fantastic casting director and, yeah, he um, actually, he's just also cast me in something else. But he gave me, you know, sometimes casting directors don't always, cannot always see you do things when you've done certain things. And um, I was very grateful for that role because um, it was a bit of a, it was a game changer for me in a sense of it, it definitely led me on a different creative path. And that was it, and the split was a turning point for that. So I'm, I will always be very grateful for that particularly that particular job. Well, I love that because it's put you back in the frame as an actor again. You know, you've shown people that you're actually really good at acting, as well as everything else you do. Acting was your first, how we first became aware. It was by yeah. the grave, wasn't it? So, Donna- and I am very serious about it again now, which is lovely. And I think the reason I wasn't before is because. When you're a mom, you, you know, I don't want to always, I didn't want to be on set. I was a single mother, so I couldn't leave my daughter for six, eight months of the year yeah. because I wouldn't have been able to take her with me or take her out of school. And I know that that wouldn't have necessarily made me happy. But now, I mean, my daughter's already traveling the world and she's off working. Um, so I can actually now do any role that I really want to do and I can go anywhere for a role. So I do feel quite excited about now doing some really great and interesting work that speaks to all different kinds of people and tell all different kinds of stories. I'm really loving this new path I'm on. I'm excited. I think we're going to see loads and loads more of you in, in movies and TV shows and big hits. I'm, I'm really buzzing that there's this oh. that Donna's back. You know what I mean? Yeah, thanks. I know it's kind of weird because I've, I've kind of done the opposite because I guess during lockdown, lots of people have gone into completely different professions, you know, and crossed 
into different lines of work. And I weirdly have gone back full circle, really focused in lockdown to the one and only thing it was that I started out doing. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I've gone a bit back to front. Although Donna, I hope, I hope you'll appreciate this. I got I got sort of thinking about your career, the timeline of your career, because of course you started, as you mentioned, BBC Biker Grove when you were a, a wee Ben. What were you like, thirteen or something? Ten, ten, ten years old. Right. That's, I mean, that's nothing. Tiny. That's nothing. Yeah. But it got me thinking Big. about your career timeline, and obviously you've gone back to acting. So I have to ask: Will you also go back to pop group, pop star? Oh God! Don't worry. <laughs> I think. Um, just having people being crazy, people wanting me on their screens is enough. I would never overstep the mark and start <laughs> singing for them. No, that would be a step too far. Because there was, I think I've got a lot of. I've actually, I feel like I've got a, a lot of love and support from the British public. Why would I ever want to ruin that and stop singing? Because <laughs> there was, there was, there was biker groove, wasn't there? But then there was the other one. Was it a Crush? Is that right? Is that my... yeah? You know, I feel I was forgiven for that mistake. <laughs> because I was so young. <laughs> so I think people have been very forgiving with me when I've been able to get away with all those things because of my my then age. <laughs> but I think to, to make those mistakes now as a grown woman, I'm not sure people would be so forgiving. Oh, bless you. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I had to I had to put it in there because I just thought it would be a bit of a giggle. Yeah, I'd love to think. You know what, though? Actually, maybe that's... I'm not, I mean, I'm not sure if we've got enough time left in this lockdown, but... Singing lessons, maybe that could have been something I could have um, started, but I would have had to maybe start that at the beginning of lockdown. It doesn't still have had any effect. Oh, it's never too late, Donna. It's never too late. Never you too always, late. <laughs> you can always do it. I'd, I'd love to see it happen. But I'm really buzzing. You know, I'm so pleased that you're back. I'm so pleased you're on the scene. And I just, I feel like there's lots of exciting things lying ahead for you, Donna. I, oh, thank you. I've got to ask, because, and I know it sounds a bit glib, but your apologies for that. But it is, it is what it is. Are you happy? Because you sound in a really good place. Thank you. That's a really nice question, actually. Lots of us don't actually ask people if they're happy, but. You know what I am? I'm quite a happy, quite a simple person, really. Um, it doesn't take a lot for me to be happy. I think taking my little break, getting enough sleep, it's really just the things that keep us all happy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, get, seeing enough, getting enough company, um, you know, feeling fulfilled in what we do. Um, I think this time's been really reflective for everyone to really think about what makes us happy and what do we want for our future. Um, so I think, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel very blessed and thankful that my family are safe during, you know, a year when that's not the case for everyone. So I think I just, I feel very grateful that I'm safe. My family are safe. You know, life's not perfect, but it's never going to be. We don't all, we can't always have it all at the same time. But yeah, I think we've really got to just be thankful for what we do have during these times because when you look at what's going on in the world, there's a lot of devastation. Mm. And I think it would be, um, you know, we have to remember and be grateful for what we do have right in front of us. Sorry, yeah. that sounded a bit, a bit, <laughs> a bit 
Should I call it Orlando Bloom? <laughs> <laughs> you see, we've now penned a new term. Oh, I've gone a bit bloom there. <laughs> Have I gone a bit bloom? Sorry, did I, lose, did I lose the audience? No, you were on form. No, you're absolutely right. Of course, you know, it, it is. It's been a time to reset, to take stock. Yeah. And to figure out what's important and kind of realign our values and stuff. Of course, yeah. that's not to take away from the people that have had real struggles with either health or, or work, paying the bills, etc. That's, you know, there's been an awful lot of that and that's going to continue. But, yeah. But I just the- feel really lucky to have, I don't sound really soon, but to have a nice warm bed every night. You know, when I look around and I see that, that again, that's not the case for people. I think, God, we're so blessed, actually, mm. that we can always want more and da-da-da, but actually it's all for the end of the day, isn't it? What is it that drives, that drives you, Donna? Because you've achieved an awful lot in your career and your life, your personal life as well. You know, you've, like you say, you're a mum, etc. So, I mean, what is it that keeps you motivated, that gets you jumping out of the bed uh, in the morning? I think I, 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 I'm a type of person that does need to have projects to keep me happy. You know, I like having... I like to be learning and exploring things all the time. I'm very curious by nature. So as long as I've got enough creatively to keep me busy, um, and I always seem to do that, um, I think, you know, checking in, making sure my loved ones are safe, which I do when they are. So as long as that continues, I'm happy. Yeah, I think, and, you know, we've, we're all good. We've got food, shelter, and love, right? What else do we need? Sounds good. A, a giggle. You know, it's nice to yeah. have a laugh. Oh, yeah. Let, oh, hang on. If we want to get into it, yeah. There's, I mean, I can't wait to have a night out. I can't wait to go dancing. I can't wait to go on a holiday, swim oh. in the sea. Yes. Yeah, swim in the ocean. That would be nice. I mean, maybe even wear high heels again. Who knows? <laughs> you had me with everything except high heels. Yeah. I'm... <laughs> yeah, get all dressed up and be glamorous just for one night only. Who knows? <laughs> Well, I wish that happens to you in the very, very near future, Donna, because uh, it's always good when people are out partying and when they're allowed to do it. So fingers crossed we can we can get ourselves back yeah. out there. And... London's going to be buzzing again very soon. We've got this, guys. We have. Let's hope so. Let's hope We're so. almost there. And we've yeah. all done so well. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Donna, lockdown aside, any other big moves for you ahead? Um, I am about starting a project, which is exciting. So I'm getting back on success. And then I started doing a bit of writing, actually. And so my, I've also got a script that I'm thinking of directing as well. Wow. Blimey, there's a change of direction. Fantastic. There's just so much good material out there right now. It's a really good time. You know what? I was, I was worried that roles would get a bit thin on the ground as you get older and actually it's just got better i think thanks to more women directors and writers as well now um it's actually got more interesting so it is a good time to be back on set brilliant good good well i look forward to watching you on our screens in the very near future donna thank you thank you and take care be safe and all that andy j podcast I really like Donna, as you can hear. So, it's that time. It's that time. If you have come for some Hollywood conversation with a legend, then you have come to the right place. You have, If you fast-forwarded, you've missed a lovely chat with Donna. You really missed a lovely chat with Donna. I think she's great. But here we go. It's the one and only, so excited to say... Liam Neeson and his lovely son Michael Richardson who is also he's a brilliant part of this lovely film by the way Michael doesn't say a lot because it's Liam Neeson you know you know where to let your dad talk and of course that's what he does but yes anyway here we go Liam Neeson 
and Michael Richardson <laughs> on the Andy J podcast. Let's do it. Hey, Andy. Hey, How Andy. How are you doing? Hi, guys. How's it going? Wow, you're having a busy day of it. So I have to start by sharing something with you, which is that I watched your film, which obviously has a huge theme about father and son, with my five-day-old son. And it was such a special (laughs) moment. And I just thought, well, I've got to talk to you about this. I've got to mention it. Firstly, do you think he's your youngest viewer? Uh, Probably. Well, for a start, congratulations. Five days old. Uh, you know, Isn't five, five days old? Five days old, yeah. Wow. I'll tell you something that a very dear friend of mine told me when she saw Michael lying in his crib when he was very, very young. She turned to me and she said, you know, you're a hostage for the rest of your life. <laughs> I'll be a, a willing one, but you're still a hostage. So I'm saying it to you. I love it. I love it. Well, do you know, it, it immediately, because of all the emotion and and you two obviously you carry the film there's so much of it is about the father and son relationship and rebuilding that dynamic and i'm sitting there with this tiny little human being that i'm you know i'm a big part of and i'm just thinking to myself right i've got to ask the guys you know how do we move forward i mean you guys have have been father and son your whole your whole life michael and, and liam for a good 25 years now any advice um advice just listen just Share as much as you can with your son, you know. Talk to him. Uh, don't, you don't necessarily have to baby talk. I remember reading to Michael uh, a, a more a kid's version of Moby Dick when he was two, maybe three. I don't know if you remember that, Michael. But uh, um, you, you can't start too young. Seriously, just, just share everything with him. Oh, well, well, they'll expunge it. They'll expunge. They just absorb everything, you know. Well, I've introduced well them to movies. So, so, so I've introduced them to movies at a very young age, which is a wonderful thing. Um, guys, I'm mindful of time as well. I, of course, have to ask you about how it was performing in this movie, firstly together and also with the, the very obvious parallel with your own lives, the tragedy that you've suffered. That's very clear on screen. How was your approach for that? And, and did you have to have a beat before you agreed to, to take this movie? Because it was a big thing to be doing. Um, I didn't. Uh, I, I, when I read the script, I knew it was, I, I likened it to quite a mild punch in the gut. But uh, it made me all the more interested to, to, to be involved with it and to ideally to do it with my own son, Michael. And um, who then was perhaps too young. He was 22. But uh, anyway, James Darcy met Michael and worked with him for four or five hours. And he called me and says, you know, I think this will work for the two of you. So I was thrilled. Um, to say it was cathartic, I, it's such a cliche to say it was cathartic. I guess it was. But, but all the time we were surrounded by this extraordinary crew of filmmakers who kept us in a kind of a permanent hug, especially d- during these kind of dramatic scenes. They were beautiful. They were great. And that gave us great confidence. It gave me great confidence, knowing I could go to whatever depth of emotion was required and yet you were being held buoyant by this beautiful crew of filmmakers. You know? 
Wonderful. Well, thank you for that. I'm, I'm out of time, but I really appreciate your time. And thank you. The film's lovely. So thank you very much for your company today. Thank you, Andy. The Andy J Podcast. Woo, there we go. Hollywood legend giving me dad advice. Brilliant. And he called me a hostage. He said I was a hostage. The man from Taken called me a hostage. Yes. <laughs> That's a bucket list tick for you. Brilliant. Now then, there's a new show out on Netflix called The Irregulars. And one of the men tasked with carrying one of the most famous characters of all time, Sherlock Holmes, is the brilliant Henry Lloyd Hughes. He is such a gifted actor and a very, very nice guy. Let's hear from him. He's the star of Killing Eve, The Inbetweeners, Indian Summers, several movies and a brand new show that has just landed on Netflix where he plays the one and only Sherlock Holmes. It's The Irregulars and he is Henry Lloyd Hughes. How are you doing, Henry? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thanks it's... for having me in, your, in the wonderful world of uh, showbiz entertainment that we find ourselves in. <laughs> Do you know, it, <laughs> it is a heavy showbiz entertainment show today, actually. Lots of you. I know. You've got some lofty, you've got some lofty guests. But I hope I matched up. <laughs> well, do you know what, Henry? I have seen, right, obviously I've seen basically everything you've done because you've been in pretty much all my favourite shows, right? So, <laughs> You're a man of taste, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> well, it got me, right, knowing we were going to talk today, I've obviously had a chance to kind of check you out online and, and kind of do a bit of research yeah. into the man behind the actor, as it were. Yeah. And the one yeah. thing that I've got to pick you up on from the very start is how you describe yourself in your social media biogs, the most famous actor yeah. you've never heard of. Yeah, yeah, that's because no, no, uh, that, 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 that's, um, that's the living reality of my life, Andy. Um, uh, no, no one's ever recognised me from my, um, my uh, artistic output, but they, uh, they think they might know me from somewhere, but they normally think that I'm someone's brother or um, someone they sat next to at a wedding or um, uh, maybe a, a plumber that they once used that they can't quite remember the name of. So that's... That's the level of fame that I'm operating at. I've got absolutely no complaints to that, by the way. It, it, that suits me down to the ground. So, it's, it's, I mean, you know. I'm trying to work out the reasoning behind this, though, Henry, because the shows you've been in and the massive roles you've played should mean that you're getting recognised by everyone. But then again, you do have a variety of different looks. You know what I mean? You've got yeah. lots of different facial hair going on, lots of different... I mean, in Sherlock alone, in the, in the Irregulars, you start off with this beautiful glowing mane of hair and then you're this kind of very cropped... Almost a neat. Yeah, I know. I know. Individual. I. That's. I mean, it's it's rare that you get to do it in a single show. It's like watching my CV in a single show. <laughs> um, and <laughs> but I, honestly, it is one of the perks of the job. Um, getting to have fun with that stuff, and um, you know, show show yourself in in a you know a variety of different guises, and. Uh, the Irregulars is a, is a kind of rare example whereby I actually, you know, the, the kind of rough sketch and template that I had in my head was is kind of exactly what you see on screen. Lucy Sibick, who did the hair and makeup, who who just come off the back of winning an Oscar, obviously elevated my ideas to giddy new heights. But um, it, yeah, it, it, I always knew that we we needed to make the two versions of Sherlock that you see in the show as as wildly different as possible. Um, because you know a lot, a lot has happened um, to that character, and a lot has happened in his uh, in his world, um, and we needed to tell that story visually. Um, so hopefully, we push them in in you know in either direction, and yet it still feels like one coherent 
dude. Well, what, um, what you, I really you, like about this, Henry, is that you've had so many different iterations of Sherlock Holmes played by so mm, many different mm, actors, you know, from uh, Will, Will Ferrell, Cumberbatch played him, Downey Jr., mm, Johnny Depp, mm, Johnny Lee Miller. I mean, mm, he, I think, mm, I think according to the Guinness Book of Records, isn't he the most portrayed literary human character in film and TV history? So there's a lot of Sherlocks so. out there, right? So when yeah, I heard yeah. that you were playing the character of Sherlock, and I knew nothing about the show before, I'd, I've seen the whole series mm. now, but before I'd seen mm. any of it, I was thinking to myself, okay, so how's Sherlock going to be any different and how's he going to fit into this? Mm. And then mm. straight away, you realise that the landscape of the show, because you don't appear till the middle of the series, you realise that the yeah, landscape right. of Sherlock's environment is going to be something that we've never seen him in before. And then you come along and just blow the roof off. It's, this is not Sherlock Holmes that we've met before. This is, wow, I mean, a, a troubled soul to say the least. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like it's the Sherlock of the apocalypse, you know, and, and there's more than a, a slight whiff of the apocalypse in, in 2020 and dare I say it, 2021 as, yeah. as well. So I, I feel like it, we've accidentally ended up with the, the what feels like a contemporary version, even though obviously we're set in Victorian London. I feel like there's the, the, the stakes for all the characters and of course Sherlock himself is, is not too dissimilar from some of the things that we're all feeling. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully not everyone looks as bad as I do in the show, Andy. <laughs> well, the beautiful thing about this, Henry, is we do see you looking great. We see you as mm. as, as yourself, as the handsome man that you are. And then, yes, the, the COVID-inflicted version of Sherlock, yes. as it were. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. What a wreck. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, and, you know, we, we, we really wanted to, to see what would happen if we slightly deconstructed the Sherlock myth and had more of a question about to what extent he is real and to what extent uh, his legend is justified. He's the self-doubting Sherlock, the, the self-loathing Sherlock, mm. rather than the, um, you know, swaggering, swashbuckling version. Yes, he doesn't believe the hype. It's very cool. No, yeah. he really doesn't. He really doesn't. He's struggling to believe the hype. <laughs> it's clever, man. It's really, and it's a good show as well. You know, again, you sort of think first episode in, couple of minutes in, you're thinking to yourself, hang on, what? All the characters are going to be like these quirky teens. What? How's that going to work? Yeah. And then suddenly yeah. the, the universe of it unfolds and it's just very clever. It's a good watch. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, it's, it, I think it's really entertaining to, to watch because you've got the two plot strands the episodic kind of peril of, of different monsters attacking people in London and they can't quite work, work out what's going on. And then the overriding bigger plot, which obviously I won't spoil, but, um, you know, there are, there's a, there are kind of greater forces behind everything that, that's happening. And, um, you know, it reminded me of some of the shows that I was so into, you know, back in the day, like the X-Files and stuff like that, yeah. where you've got, you've, it, it, you know, there's plenty of jump scares and yet there's also a kind of overriding bigger drama as well, you know, a kind of conspiracy, as it were. Um, and that's, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's uh, that, you know, it reminded me of some of the best, you know, kind of, I don't know, supernatural science fiction. You know, we haven't seen, of all the previous Sherlock's, which I'm a huge fan of, we haven't necessarily seen that kind of peril before those characters before. Do you know, I really like that. Just thinking about it, Henry, it's, it's almost Sherlock meets Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, those you, you've got you're, you're seeing the world of Victorian London through this gang of of young young characters, um, and yet um, and and yet there's there's 
peril and kind of supernatural terror left, right and centre. So I, I think it's quite interesting in terms of where it fits into the canon of, of period drama, for, for want of a better word. And, uh, and you know, all of that, all of that um, television that we're very, very familiar with in this country because we do it so well, but taking it in a slightly new direction. Um, and I think it's going to be really interesting to, you know, for the traditional period drama audience to kind of have their eyes on stalk. And then also for a young, you know, if you're a young audience that are into contemporary drama, then then what what's that going to do to, to have these characters um, look very different to them? But I think in the way that Tom has written the show, sound very contemporary at the same time. I feel I really feel like they feel like real young people do you know yeah. what i mean yeah 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 absolutely no it's it's thoroughly mm. believable even though it's kind of got this mad supernatural edge you still you're kind of you're with it and actually people like buffy the vampire slayer and things will, will be well into it as well it's uh, yeah you know, it's one of those things that i i can't help i mean i binged it i can't help but assume that's how other people are going to do it as well you get sucked into the universe and then your day's gone because it's just like whoa <laughs> yeah that was yeah. crazy great fun yeah 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 it's like watching you know a kind of uh, a, a compendium of horror novellas you know back off back back you know one after the other back to back yeah. and uh the, the monsters do just kind of get I, i'm sure you know because you've seen it more and more gruesome <laughs> as we go through the series it is it is quite punishing at times actually when you think mm. how do you mm. how do you get someone worse than this and i don't want to say anything because i don't want to spoil it but it is the good thing is it is out now it's not like we're talking about mm. it's coming out in a few weeks time and people have to wait it's out now it's just dropped on netflix and it's i mean just go yep. watch it basically i mean yep. henry we've yep. got we got to talk about some of your other roles as well because you have like i mean i i wasn't saying it lightly you have been in some of my favorite shows i mean killing eve season 2 my goodness i mean you got quite a whack from jodie comer with that book didn't you but what <laughs> <laughs> what a role what a role oh, to thanks, play ben. in what a show I mean when that yeah, comes in yeah. when that comes because you know your your CV is incredible and like you say for, for whatever reason you know you've got this ability to not be recognised and yet when you look at your CV it is ridiculous so when something like that comes in Killing Eve first season yeah. was a standout triumph you know you're going into yeah. something great what does that do for you what do you think is it exciting is it nerve wracking is there pressure I, I, honestly, for me, that was like one of the dream scenarios because I felt a hundred percent like a competition winner. You know what I mean? Like as a, as a working actor, someone who auditions for all my roles, like to 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 get a chance to get into a show where there's a huge appetite and an audience for it already, and people love it. And on top of that, it's so cool. Like I felt like I'd won every competition, every acting competition that could could go i felt like i'd won it and also the other benefit was the pressure was off me because i'm not a returning character people aren't going to say well hang in a second who's this guy um well you know what what's he doing um it was a kind of a complete free reign to try and do something different and uh, weirdly talk about my cv it's it's kind of a character that where i've said the least like right. you know i normally i normally play quite verbose characters and uh, he's a man of very few words, and and uh, it really became an exercise in in stillness. Actually, um, that was the challenge to try and be as still, if not more still, than what Jody was doing. And that was the dance, really. And and we had so, I, we had so much fun with it. You know, they're such an amazing duo, and all the people that make it are so so amazing at what they do. And, um, you know, I was just trying to keep up and, and, and have fun. So I was delighted. And, um, 
completely uh, heartbroken that I ended up dying. You know, you get, <laughs> you, you get maybe what people don't realize, Andy, is when you're making drama, it's not quite it's the same as being EastEnders where you're turning over so many episodes a week or whatever. But you do, you know, you sign up to do something and you, you haven't got all the episodes. And then uh, basically uh, you, you get the episode through the post and you go, oh, hang on a second. I'm coming a cropper here. That's, that's, that's not so good. And I thought, how can I campaign? How can I, how can I launch a slow campaign on set, you know, while over a coffee to say, would it be such a bad thing if maybe he escaped? But, you know, it's, it's, got, it's got killing in the title, unfortunately. So um, sooner or later, uh, chances are you're going to get done. Yeah, anyone that interacts <laughs> with Villanelle probably exactly. isn't going to stick around. Exactly, unless, exactly. Unless you're exactly. Sandra O, oh, that's kind of it. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Your goose is cooked. But they must have been, I mean, she, Jodie Comer in particular, is is such a remarkable performer. And I and then I, th- I thought to myself, well, I wonder what Henry kind of felt like doing scenes across her. But then I look at the other people that you've performed with, and my goodness, there's a list of lofties, aren't there? Kira Knightley, yeah. Tom Hiddleston, Woody Harrelson, Dominic West, Mark Ruffalo, Benedict Cumberbatch, to name just a few. I mean, I've got a list here of yeah. people that. My goodness, man, you have. And Julie Walters, Julie Walters, same Julie Walters in Indian Summers. You know, I, I had so many scenes. You know, not only with her, but really up close with her. You see what I mean? Like yeah. intense emotional scenes, and. Um, that's a, that's a very illustrious list that you've listed there and, and she's right at the very top because you know man she's such a generous performer to be working with and she gives almost more when the camera's not on her Wow! I know that sounds like a weird technical thing sometimes you'd find her like crying when, on, when it was your close up oh, you know man. like she's, she's just totally in in it, totally in it, and and totally um, engaged with making making drama, and you know to still be operating at that level when you've been doing it for that many years. You know what I mean? That's yeah. such a skill. Yeah. That's such a skill to not be not be too cynical and not get too um, you know what I mean? Not get too blasé about it. Um, so yeah, no, um, uh, it, it, it you know, and listen. Like Jody, Jody's headed in the same direction. Make no bones about it. She, I'm sure she'll be damned. <laughs> Dame Comer Why not? Has a certain ring to it. Why not? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, it's great. Give her the keys. Give her the keys to Liverpool. Give her the keys to Liverpool. Too right. Too right. And listen, we've got to have a quick word about the Inbetweeners because you were such an important part in that crazy show and indeed the movie. You know, obviously, as playing Donovan the bully, you know, Nasty yeah. Mark. Yeah. Do you have really fond memories of that? Do you think? Do you think we could make the show now? Is it a bit risky now because with the you know the, the way the kind of world is? Do you think? No, I don't think so at all. I mean, like you know, part of what makes that show um, timeless, and I, I always like to think that at some point in, in, in on any given day, someone is watching it. You know, on a on a streaming. Service, you know what I mean? Like people yeah. are still consuming it massively. And the thing is about those characters, the reason why I think it's sustained is because, in a weird way, it's a show about boredom. I know it sounds strange, but it's, the reason why it chimes with people on a personal level is because it speaks to the hilarity and kind of absolute silliness that mates get up to when they don't have a lot of, you know, they're not the coolest 
guys on the block and they they're not going to amazing warehouse parties or or um you know necessarily snogging the dream girl that they they fancy and i think weirdly that makes it relate every, every everyone or vast majority of people can relate to that much more than the shows that were at, at a similar time like skins or whatever which were great shows mm. but i think there was an element of escapism in there whereas the in-betweeners, I think, is so rooted in real life. And you can, you could always, you know, you could always make comedies that speak to people's real existence, you know, whether it's, I know that there's been a few recently about parenting, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got two small kids myself. So I, I, I totally, uh, I see the hilarity and uh, madness involved in trying to raise children. So, you know, the, the in-betweeners is, is, is timeless. And I think, uh, I think if you write comedy that, appeals to what people know and what pe- feels believable you know you're people are always going to watch it and people are always going to want to make it yeah yeah no absolutely you're right and plus it helps that it's just got endless belly laughs because it's just painfully yeah. funny you know? yeah yeah exactly exactly a good gag lasts a lifetime um, henry you've got to tell me about what's next you've obviously mentioned being a dad so many of your roles that you can't show your kids you know it's like yeah that's true that's true <laughs> you're gonna have to wait till they're a lot older before they know what daddy does <laughs> i know i know we haven't broached that subject yet and and um I think I might need a bit more of, as you say, a bit more of a kiddie-friendly back catalogue. Yeah, well, there's we Harry can, Potter. Um, there's, you know, Harry true. Potter's a pretty big one, to be fair. True, true, true. But, I mean, I appear, I appear so fleetingly in that film, um, <laughs> you know, which is not unusual uh, when you've got a film that has that many actors in. I appear very, very fleetingly. So, yes, that's my backup. That's my backup. I, um, I don't have anything in, uh, kid-friendly on the horizon, I, I must confess. <laughs> Um, there's, yeah, I've got another, I've got another project which is, uh, lined up to do next, but I'm afraid as in true boring showbiz stuff, I'm absolutely sworn to secrecy. Um, but, um, watch this space. Uh, I will be making some television and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's a really exciting role that I cannot wait to tell you about it. Unfortunately, I can't do it today, but I will be able to do it very soon. Um, and I'm afraid it is uh, the opposite of kid friendly. But uh, you'll see when it's you'll see when it's announced. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing, knowing the kind of roles you take, Henry, I'm guessing it's not going to be uh, a bland romantic lead. Uh, no, you know what, Andy? I would love to have that in my arsenal, but <laughs> there's something about my there's something about my face. People don't want to see me do that. I don't get offered those roles. The um, <laughs> the kind of great Hugh Grant esque path to um romantic uh, romantic comedy stardom has has uh, yet yet to elude me but uh you know maybe maybe there's uh maybe there's time maybe there's time to reimagine when, when they want a trub- a dark and troubled romantic uh, lead in a romantic comedy someone who's seen a few harrowing things that's when I'll get the call up <laughs> I got to say, Henry. Listen, the talent is there, man. You are one very, very good That's actor. Very kind. You could turn your hand to anything, and I think your body of work has shown that. It's you, you've heard this from so many different people, but you deserve to be recognised everywhere you go. You're that good. So, you know. <laughs> very kind, very kind. And, and honestly, thanks so much for watching the show because um, you know I think people are really going to get themselves, uh, you know, scared, uh, scared witless. They as are. it were they and uh <laughs> i think people are in for a, a real uh, nasty shock um what? in a good way and uh you know the fact that um we're seeing 
Sherlock in a you know arena that and, and and level of discomfort that we haven't seen before, I think is is just adds a little bit of extra sauce. Absolutely. Secret sauce on top. Oh, absolutely, Henry. There must be a kind of one-liner that you're allowed to uh, to use to promote the irregulars. Do you know what it is? I don't know what it is because there's so many different lines you could use. But what what would you say as one of the big stars of the show? What is the big hook? I'd say um, you have to watch this show because it's so apocalyptic. It makes the real apocalypse that we're living through feel bearable. <laughs> You done it, nailed it. <laughs> that's that's your take. That's your lift pitch. That's there you your go. Pitch. There you go. It's the, the only thing you can. It's the only thing you can watch, Andy. It's going to make you feel better about twenty twenty one. I promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and that includes, you know, this is a show where you know people are getting their eyes attacked by birds. So yes. you know that's 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 how bad that's how bad the world we're living is. <laughs> Brilliant, Henry. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'd love to have longer chat with you soon because you've just got so much going on and, and so much depth. And I want to hear about this new project when you're allowed to talk about it. But thank you so much I, for your yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to come back on. Yeah, anytime, man. Anytime. Great to speak to you. Amazing. Thank you, Henry. You have a great day. Cheers. Man. Take it easy. Yeah, yeah. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks Bye. Bye. Andy J Podcast. Do check out The Irregulars on Netflix if it sounds like your sort of thing. It's a crazy romp of a show, and I enjoyed it. I've seen the whole series, and I thought it was really, really worth watching. Now then, thank you to Henry Lloyd-Hughes. What a pleasure. I'm looking forward to finding out what the uh, what the next adventure is for him. Now then, my final guest for this week, bless her. She was so, so lovely because I spoke to her whilst holding my newborn. <laughs> And it was, I was slightly kind of pensive for the whole chat because I'm just kind of watching my lovely baby going, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. And he didn't, thank goodness. Anyway, from new show, well, it's a returning show actually to BBC One, The Syndicate. It is the brilliant Taj Atwell. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm, do you know what? I'm quite apprehensive and I'm going to explain why. Um, I have a two-week-old, my son, a two-week-old boy in my arms, fast asleep. Oh, wow. Right, I, <laughs> and so this is going to be the first ever interview I've done with a sleeping baby in my arms. And I'm, ho- I'm hoping he's going to stay asleep. <laughs> I've got high hopes for him. I think he's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> I won't raise my voice too much. You could understand no. why. <laughs> I am so thrilled to welcome to the show an actor who has been in some of the greatest television of the last decade. I mean, we're talking shows like Stella, Line of Duty, Truth Seekers, In the Club. There's another one that I can't say on afternoon television, afternoon radio even. My brain is all over the place, but it involves a lady's private parts. And a new show, well, a returning show to the BBC. It is The Syndicate. I am elated to welcome the wonderful Taj Artwell. How are you doing, Taj? Hi, thank you for having me. I'm good, sitting by a sunny window. Oh, isn't it nice to have the sunshine back? Yeah, I'm one of these people that are really affected by the weather. So if it's gloomy, even though I'm a winter baby, I feel a bit gloomy. It's the, There's a thing for that, isn't it? Is, it? is it SADS? Is that what it's called? I think it is seasonal affective disorder. I mean, how much is that right? So, look, let's get straight in with the heavy stuff. The <laughs> The old lockdown, we've had enough of it now, but it seems to continue and continue and there might be this European thing coming in and all the rest of it. How are you getting on? Because it's affected everyone in very different ways, but no one seems to have the greatest of uh, stories as a result of lockdown. Um, 
No, I'm getting on fine. Thank you for asking. I am looking forward to having lots of cuddles with my siblings, my brother's kids, friends. <laughs> yes. Yes, hugs That's are, hugs are a massive thing. I mean, you have yeah. you have still been able to keep working, though, haven't you? Quite a lot of people, you know, they're obviously massive parts of the country and, and workers and stuff were furloughed and lots and lots of things like hotels and so <laughs> on have been really hit by it. And, of course, theatres have been massively hit by it. But TV and movie actors have seemed to have, have found a way to have kept going in, in one way or another. Yeah, we did eventually. So, obviously, we were all in the first lockdown and then after that, there was still a bit of time before it picked up again. Um, but yeah, eventually it picked up and, and I'm so thankful. And I think as a whole, people maybe have a newfound respect for the arts if there wasn't one there before, just because we've realised how important it was to get us through. Yes. And actually, do you know what? People are also realising, I think, how much they are dependent on content. You know, when, mm. when there's rumours of a new show coming out, probably more than ever, people are, oh, thank goodness, and, um, something new to yeah. watch. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. This, this kind of appreciation for, for the work that we do. Let's talk about The Syndicate, because this is one of those shows which not only will it be widely anticipated, because this is season four, after something of a break, if I'm not wrong, you know. It's, yeah, how, I don't know how long it's been. It's been a few years. It's like six. It's, it's quite, oh, quite okay. a long time between <laughs> season few. three and season four. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I realise they're new stories each season and new characters, but nonetheless, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, that, that took a break. Yeah, a <laughs> six-year holiday. Yeah, Fair enough. That was more than a lockdown thing. But yeah. it is one of those things that, that regular viewers will be thinking, do you know what? I used to love that show in, back in the day because the premise is remains the same, which is mm -hmm. a group mm -hmm. of people who buy lottery tickets. Yeah, they, they have managed to buy a ticket that happens to be the winner. And then what happens? And in obviously for what is now season four, this new one that you're in. Mm. Th these are a particularly lovely group of people and a very nasty Neil Morrissey. <laughs> He's lovely, really. <laughs> he's, uh, he's misjudged. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, with, um, we all work at, at Woodvale's dog kennels, and um, which, you know, was amazing because I absolutely love dogs. Um, and, yeah, it's a wild goose chase um, in this particular series to track down the ticket. Which I love, actually, because you kind of go, well, hung. Because what I love is I've only seen episode one. By the way, I've got yeah. to say, it's out on the 30th of March. It's important to signpost that now. It's out next week. Good news. New telly coming out next week. Brilliant. But the thing is, episode one, which is the only one I've seen, has is just loaded with so much jeopardy. Never mind the fact that someone has managed to take <laughs> all of your money. Each of you in the syndicate, in this case, you've mentioned you all work in a kennels. Each of yeah. you has just it literally layered on every possible heart-wrenching storyline going into each one of you. Just shared it out amongst your characters. You know, it's like, oh, wow, they've gone there with her and there with her and there with her. Yeah. You, of course, are, well, you've just had a challenging boyfriend and you happen to be pregnant. Nobody's got any money. And how on earth is anyone going to pay for anything? Well, hallelujah, you've won the lottery. But yeah. I love how you've summed that up. Very succinct. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, there's a lot more going on. But in you know what I mean, though? It must have been the case as you were turning the pages of the script. You were kind of going, OK, oh, so she's got that issue. Oh, she's got the bailiffs, right? She, and what am I? Oh, pregnant. Right. Thanks for that. <laughs> there we go. Well, and there's even more to it than that, but that's what I love. There's a story in there. There's a character in there that everyone can relate to. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and the stakes just get higher and higher throughout and it's just so fast paced and especially you, you, after, as you've seen the first episode, the second half of it, it just gets so exciting and so, oh my goodness, what's going to happen now? Yeah. Um, and I love that. I'm frustrated now, you know, end of ep one. I'm now like, oh, come on. I like, I'm, I'm, we've been used to binging. Do you know what I mean? I, I would have immediately skipped us to episode two, which I don't have access to right now. <laughs> I do want I know. to know, know what's going to happen. I mean, you're really rooting for all these people after, after the first episode and it's really great. I'm, Thoroughly enjoyed. Oh. It's going to be a really, really well received show. I'm convinced. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, it's just warm, fun, um, and got all the jeopardy as well. So hopefully, yeah, people will be ready to watch something a bit more lighthearted. <laughs> it's filmed in Yorkshire and Monaco, so you know you're kind of lucked in on the location stakes there. Well, I absolutely love Leeds. It's one of my favourite cities. So I was so thankful to be going back there, and I've never been to Monaco. And that was a whole new experience, just absolutely magical. Um, so, yeah, very, very thankful. Monaco is glorious, isn't it? There's, I mean, you guys, obviously, your characters are so excited when you're there and you describe it as paradise on earth and all kinds of things. You're just so thrilled to be there. But the reality is that it is, it's is—it's quite a magical, you you can't help but notice the money, you know. That, it's mad though, isn't it? Oh. Let's be honest. It's like, <laughs> it's magical and absolute madness. It's like a, place i have never known just the cars cars that i've never even seen in my life um every kind of ferrari lamborghini porsche yeah. that you can think of <laughs> they've got a the lot mind you you make a wrong turn i mean I've, I've hosted some motorsport in monaco before and spent a bit of time oh there. wow and you make a wrong turn you go into the wrong cafe and you you realize it quite quickly i ordered a croque monsieur and it cost me 17 euros i was like huh what? yeah right oh, yeah geez, i know <laughs> <laughs> they really get them, but you know it's all it's all part of the fun isn't it you know what you're getting when you go out there though <laughs> true true yeah and it's um, so i would just be staying in the hotel most of the time yep no we're fine i'll just make a sandwich <laughs> little a little trip to the car for and make a little sandwich in your hotel room exactly <laughs> we did a lot of that yeah i bet you did well i mean was <laughs> this film during the, the covid pandemic were you able to still get it on so we have the uh, main initial lockdown that, uh, that everyone did and then we went to Leeds and within a week of being in Leeds or a couple of weeks of being in Leeds Leeds went into a local lockdown oh. and we left Leeds and went to France and two days of being there there was a lockdown there so <laughs> I had three that's why, that's why the streets are so empty <laughs> yeah yeah exactly the shots why the streets are empty so it was uh yeah I've had my fair share of lockdowns now I tell you what, though, in different cities and different countries. I guess, I guess one of the few advantages would be if I were a sound recordist on the show, I'd be I'd be reasonably happy because there's a lot less to worry about in terms of what's in the sky. Oh, yeah. I mean, way less people. Apparently, that time of year, Monica, you can't even move. Um, when we went, it was very, very quiet. You did it. You've done it at the right time. You've seen the right Monaco, even if it was lockdown Monaco. <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> it's, it's all good. No, it's brilliant. Let's talk about Kay Mellor. She's she's the creator and she's an independent powerhouse, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I find her so empowering as a woman and someone to look up to. And she's achieved so much in her life. And, you know, she had her first child when she was 15, 16. And look at what she's gone on to do. I think it's amazing. She's a remarkable lady, isn't she? And, I mean, how involved yeah. was she? Obviously, she wrote, she created the series. Mm-hmm. How involved was she in the, in the day-to-day? Did you see her? Did she kind of brief you and walk, oh, you, walk you through it? Or? Yeah, absolutely. She's over everything. She knows 
the characters and the stories inside out. She's on top of everything. You have to force her to have a day off. (laughs) (laughs) She works that hard. She doesn't like having a day off or having any time for stuff. She just wants to be there in amongst it all. And, you know, has such stamina to direct, executive produce, to write, to be there for us as people as well. Um, It's a lot of of work and she's committed to, to all of it. And she lets you breathe life into your character as well and make it your own, which I think is amazing um, artistically as an actor to, to be able to do that. You can kind of tell she loves it because, you know, she I, I, you'd never assume someone else's circumstances. But I have assumed in, in this case that she didn't she doesn't need the work. You know what I mean? She could probably have a very nice life just living mm. out her days. But she just seems so kind of up for creating new, brilliant, exciting page turning scripts you know she's got so many stories and that's a sign of a fantastic right of all this plethora of stories um that, that she's got to tell i mean steven spielberg is a fan of hers flew her out to america so <laughs> she's uh she's got a strong support system that's a proper mic drop story isn't it you know <laughs> having a crew dinner hey what's the coolest person you've ever had to do anything for well steven spielberg flew me out to meet him once boom and uh, well, he that, he's a massive fan of the syndicate, so he flew flew, flew K out years ago. That's, um, that's amazing. How crazy man. is that? <laughs> so right, how does right, how does that make you feel? Obviously, you won't have had that in your head when you're performing, but the knowledge that he's a fan means he's almost definitely going to watch you in season four. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I did that didn't even cross my mind. To be honest, I've only just remembered now. <laughs> <laughs> but now you remembered. I mean, how is yeah. how does that feel? I mean. The, Guy could make anything happen. I don't know. Don't know there's a tinge of excitement. Like I can hear it. There's a tinge of excitement, <laughs> isn't there? It's kind of like, yeah. yeah, do you know what? <laughs> the right people are watching this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this would be very cool. No, that's amazing. I mean, one thing that has struck me about your career, I hope you don't mind me saying, but your range is phenomenal. I mean, I've seen you in lots and lots of different shows, and you seem to be handed some of the most challenging subplots going. You know, you're always the one that's got the issues that are just, right, I'm going to have to really earn my chops here. I've got to cry on cue. I'm going to have issues. There's going to be problems. I'm going to have to die for another person. Obviously, that's in a comedy thing. I'm thinking truth seekers. But, you know, you've got to really hand yourself over. You, you never seem to have just the easy, the, the, the generic romantic lead. Do you know what I mean? You're, you, you've got the good, the gritty characters. The drama seems to follow me. <laughs> <laughs> In life and on screen. Oh, really? Um, no, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm thankful for it. I, I never really think about it, to be honest. But also, I've got a fantastic agent who, you know, gets me fantastic auditions and in a position where I can kind of look at scripts and, and you know, sort of choose the, the path that I want to go down and the, and the roles that I want to play um, and push myself and just keep pushing myself. What was the moment for you? Because you've been in such major, major dramas. And, and as you say, you're in this lovely position where you can pick and choose. What was the moment for you when you realised that that was going to be the case? Because a lot of actors, you know, they basically take whatever they can get because, you know, it's, it's a job. But you're not in that position. You take roles you want to take. I mean, look, it took me 10 years, <laughs> 10 years of working to, to slowly get there. And I'm not completely there yet. I still have to audition like everyone else for most things. And some things I don't. And I'm fortunate 
to, to be offered. Um, but it's just keep on going, really. Like I said, it took, it took me 10 years to, to even be in a position where I can kind of-ish choose. Um, and that's all I really wanted, is to be able to have the choice as an actress of the stories that I want to tell. I like it. I like it. I mean, what do you know what I like about your character in the syndicate is it seems to have a little bit of lots of your lots of your roles. Do you know what I mean? As in, yeah, that's true. Never thought of it like that. <laughs> it's, it's like a lovely amalgam. Well, because there's plenty of light-hearted, lovely, playful moments like you have in Stella. You've got you've got sort of touching on the comedy. By the way, I do have to ask you what it's like working alongside Julian Barrett at some point. What a dude! I mean, what a dude. he is the nicest. I wasn't totally aware of his body of work, but I knew, you know, that everyone um, kind of knew what he was in and, and, and stuff. But he just as a human, he's just so lovely and so funny. Um, really charming. I, I absolutely loved working with Julian. Yeah, he's, he's really cool. I mean, everything he does on screen is pretty epic. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of his. But then, of course, you've got the serious stuff. Sorry, I'm just kind of coming back to, you know, your, your character. In the yeah. Then you've got the serious stuff, which, of course, we've seen you do so beautifully in, in the line of duty. So, you know, it was just a lovely collection of different things. What, oh, thank you. What do you prefer doing? Because, you've, you know, you've got the whole gamut there. You know, you, you'll get the comedy yeah. jobs, you'll get the serious jobs, you'll get the hard-hitting emotional stuff. What do you think? Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm oh, I see. I always get asked this question. I'm not sure. I think comedy is something that I always go back to, and I like to try and do at least one comedy a year, just because I find it probably the, the most comfortable um, to to perform. I, I, I always come back to comedy, but I, I don't know. More and more, I'm trying to push myself and go into different different areas of. I don't know. It's hard, isn't it? I, See, I absolutely loved playing Alara and Tracy because it was like nothing. I'd, I'd never played a baddie before. <laughs> yeah, but what, you a, know. what a baddie. I mean, completely bonkers <laughs> following a kind of crazed leader type baddie. But yeah, a, a baddie who was then also influenced and vulnerable because she was also influenced by a, a greater force than her. I don't know, that was so different for me to play something like that. And in Vanderbilt, I played two twins and one was a psycho who got the other one killed and that was really different <laughs> um and challenging i like stuff that challenges me it's put it's basically it's pushing the envelope isn't it i mean it, yeah. that, i guess that's the thing with you you've never played the same character twice I'm, all of a sudden i'm like racing through my head of everything that i've played <laughs> well you know what i mean as in you're not there's nothing typecast about you which is such a rare position as an actor and wow i mean that's impressive Oh, thank you. I don't think I've ever sat and taken stock, really. You just kind of get on with it. <laughs> but I definitely want to push myself and keep challenging myself and, you know, think what I can achieve and what I can can do. Can I ask you a quick one about Line of Duty? Because it, it's back now. You were in it for, what, three seasons? Is that right? No, I was only in season five. Were you? I, for some reason, anyway, fine, I'm wrong. My apologies, but I'd, I'd love to ask you a brief one about it because it, it is back, it came back last night. Yeah. And it, it, I don't know if you saw the episode, but it does seem to me that they've used a heck of a lot more code. I mean, it, you actually, there were people decoding what was being said. <laughs> I haven't got around to watching it yet. I need to sit and, sit and get on it. I'll probably binge watch it all in one go. That's what I've done with all the other series, is set aside two or three days and just binge watch the whole series. 
So I need to, to uh, set aside time and do that. But you didn't find that when you were on it, there was just a lot of shortened sentences that could have just been a lot easier if it was if it was just I mean I was definitely saying words that I had never said before which was great because it expanded my vocabulary (laughs) um and I had that dictionary out a few times (laughs) but uh I don't know I need to sit I need to sit and watch I know a couple of words have been trending on Twitter so be interested a lot of code a lot of decoding needed (laughs) Right, okay. <laughs> great fun. But great fun. Listen, I've really loved our chat, and I think I genuinely think the new show is brilliant. Just because it's easier for you to plug it than me, tell me why should people be watching the Syndicate when it comes out on the thirtieth? Oh well, I just hope it's like I said before, this big warm fun hug journey that we can take everyone on. I'm hoping it's kind of what people. Well, it's, it's what I want to watch right now, and it's what I need right now. Something easy and fun and lighthearted with all this beautiful poignant moments that i'm hoping people can relate to and you get to fantasize about how you'd spend 27 million quid and there is that there is that (laughs) and there's loads of dogs who doesn't like dogs (laughs) and there's loads of dogs you must have thought about it how would you spend that money if it it went to you you know we've been asked this question a few times i'd want to treat people that are near and dear to me and probably start up a company female-led company i'm not sure what the idea is yet um that can kind of help um help women lift women out of poverty lift women out of circumstances that are kind of um not helping them right now and yeah i'm not sure i haven't quite figured it out yet what would you buy uh i'd probably have a croque monsieur in monaco oh would you I oh think wow! So. I think it would cover get a private jet out there with that money and get <laughs> one. Get, get a chef to make it for you specially. <laughs> no, I, do you know what? I don't know. There's just so much, isn't there? But I love the fact that you're looking towards helping others because that I think that would definitely, I would definitely have to put a decent percentage towards that if it was, you know, you absolutely you don't need can't enjoy all million, yourself. do you? No, you twenty-seven no. million. You know, you could take a, a third of that and be very, very, very comfortable for many generations. So two thirds to something something worthy would be great. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Oh, bless you. Listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. I'm sure the new show is going to be a huge success. And I can't, I can't wait to see what else you're in. What what mad role are you going to get thrown <laughs> next? You must know. Uh, are you allowed to tell me? I can't yet, <laughs> but I've just, been, I've just wrapped on a movie called What's Love Got To Do With It, which was really great fun. Ooh. Um, and that's a big, wonderful rom-com that was penned by Jemima Khan that's coming out next year. So looking forward to that being released in cinemas. Brilliant. Oh, exciting. Well, I hope we get Thanks. to speak again soon in that case. Yeah, fingers crossed. Thank you so much for having me. Brilliant. Thank you. Really appreciate it. And good luck with it all. The Andy J Podcast. So there we have it, my amazing guests, concluding another episode of the Andy J Podcast. Wow, wow, wow. Haven't we packed them in today? Donna Eyre, Liam Neeson, Michael Richardson, Henry Lloyd Hughes and Taj Atwell. Wow. Thank you to all my lovely guests. And crucially, thank you to you, your brilliant person, for tuning in and listening. I really do appreciate you giving me your time this week and checking out the show. It means the world. We love doing these shows. We love having these conversations, but only because... We're putting them out there for you guys. And so many of you are in touch with me and and say some of the nicest things. And it really, really, I greatly appreciate it. Of course, there are some trolls that say some slightly unpleasant things. And, you know, we just try and ignore those because they're not very nice. I don't see why you'd give out nasty in the world. But those of you that are kind and generous and thoughtful and, and take the time to listen to the show and then feedback lovely things. Wow. 
You are really good people. Thank you so much. Lovely show lined up for you next week. I've got a special feature-length conversation for you with Mel Gedrich. Mel from Mel and Sue. She is such a hoot. I can't wait. So that's it for this week on the Andy J Podcast. All that's left for me to do is say to you, have a really good, happy week. Be nice. Make someone smile and take care of yourself. Thank you. See you next week. Bye-bye. If you're enjoying the Andy J Podcast, we'd love a review. In fact, if you're enjoying the show, why not tell your friends? Podcasts live and die on, well, often word of mouth, so please tell your friends. Like, subscribe, review and share. Thank you.